Oh, greetings there, travelers. Welcome back to the end of the seven days. Oh, getting used to the new inn, you know, the, the door's on a different part of the inn now, and it, you know, we just have to rearrange things. We've gotten so many weird creatures coming in here through battle bards. That, that face boy, my perfect son, it took me like half a week to clean up that weird icker that he left behind. It was just, it was absolutely bizarre, but, but we're here now, so hey, everything's going great. Uh, why don't you head on over to wing over He's waiting for you. Oh, greetings there, travelers. Me, Wing Over Gimbal, famous known bird. Just enjoying a nice little bit of wine before we dive into this tale. Let's get these notes here. I'm smelling potion of your moderate wounds. Nice. A, a faint aroma of... Oh, that's invisibility. Oh, that's gonna grant some nice flavors there. And oh, it was built in a barrel. Oh, a barrel that held a number of scrolls of greater teleportation. Oh, this is going to taste delectable. I'm very excited. A little taste test. the last time I buy wine from wizards. I was really told it's gonna be good luck. Oh, you, magic feels great whenever you're casting a spell, but wouldn't wine taste amazing if it's just seeped in magic? The answer's no. It tastes like dust and gross medicine. Oh my, oh, you could feel it though. Whew. Yeah, you could feel that one. Wouldn't call that fine wine though. That's the kind of stuff that you'd make in your bathtub and, and tell everyone, Now listen, it's really good, but it's... I, I did make it in my bathtub that I used the day before. So, alright, so careful for wizards and wine. Oh, that's a good name of a show. Alright, so travelers, we got a little bit of fan mail here. Let's open it up. Beep it to boo. Alright, this one is from the bardic group known as... Runelanders. Five stars. Lucas has an undeniable talent as a dungeon master. Building a combination custom world that's as ambitious and immersive as it is painstakingly detailed. The characters have deep stories and the main plots are themselves as solid yarns that would entertain any medium. The sound design is as densely illustrative as the art in classic rule books, and the whole production amounts to a grand adventure that's as much an audio drama as an actual play. Recommendation for those who like a classic feel and strong sound design. Thank you so much, Rainlanders. Really glad that you're enjoying the tale we have here and, and the, the effects that we bring in here. We often use our, our interns that come here from Battle Bars to really spruce it up and make the story immersive as my, my voice drifts off to the travelers here. It's quite nice. Alrighty. So. Oh. Every time I'm going to hop into the story, I'm like, all right, let's do this. A battle buzz person walks through. It's almost like they time it. They're like, we have to interrupt Wingover at the perfect moment. All right, come on over. Who are you? Hey, 
come here from WrestleMagia. What? Not Battle Bards? No, I'm also here from Battle Bards. So you're here from WrestleMagia and Battle Bards? Yeah, I work two jobs because the society we live in demands more from us than we can give. Well, that's dark for a wrestler, but okay, all right, yeah, no, I get it. You know, to, to, to hell with society, let's break it down and build it back up. All right, give me your, 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 your spiel. First thing that I'm going to recommend, go check out WrestleMagia at the very end of this episode. After the outro, you're going to hear a promo from WrestleMagia where our very own Ian from Rise of Nyarlathotep is bringing you fantasy wrestling. I'm also here to tell you that you should be checking out BattleBards.com. Do you want sounds of people punching each other in the face? Maybe you want to see them smash a container over someone's head or break a shield with their knee? Then check out BattleBards.com. Did you have to break the chair? We just had this place redone. What is wrong with you? You can smell it. You smell that new wood smell. Like you ordered a $55 bookshelf that was sent to you and you had to build it in your room that was too small so you had to rearrange everything to build this stupid bookshelf and you couldn't nail the back on properly. It smells like newly constructed furniture. Go sit down. All right, Travelet, sorry about that. You know how it is. Running in inn is no small feat, especially when there's massive seven-foot-tall wrestlers breaking your furniture. All right, so what do we have today? Today we are bouncing into the second part of this detective tale. Detective Billowin and his gang have figured out what's going on. There's a couple of suspicious things. Who is the ringmaster? What do they want to do? What's going on at the docks? What are they experimenting on? Well, we're going to see today as they decide to investigate the ongoings of the Shining Jewel of Waterdeep. I bring you Case File 6, The Shining Waterdeep, Part 2. Where we last left off, our heroes had just finished devising plans of what they were going to investigate in the city of Waterdeep. They were brought here to the city to try to figure out what was going on with the city. They don't necessarily want to get into the most of the scrap because you're three people against an army, but it would be better if you at least knew what was going on here. After talking to one of the cultists, you had discovered that something was happening at a Warehouse 23 down in the dock ward and as well as there was a press conference that was happening a little more towards the castle 
Splitting up, you have Billowin and the Sprite Glone traveling towards the press conference as Bo and Skellig are on their way to the dock ward. We will start off with our detective. You're making your way through the crowds. Uh, you, like many of the others, have figured out like the layout of the city before you came here. I like to think Bill has a map and he's walking around with a map like this. Yeah, and people are wandering around you. For those of you who can't see me on webcam, I'm holding my two arms up at arm length as if I'm holding a great big map in front of me. <laughs> so you're, you're going through, and people are used to tourists. They're just kind of like wandering around you as you're trying to figure out things. You make it down to this area, and you see it's, it's been set up. There's like a bunch of food carts and everything because people were aware this was going to happen and there's going to be a large turnout. You see there's a lot of people here that are excited. They're talking about the ringmaster showing up here. You see there's a little stage set in a podium, and they have just this like speaking stone for them to speak into to use the thaumaturgy spell to boom their voice out to the crowd. Once I get to the square, I'm going to, as a detective, I'm going to try and find somewhere a bit more secluded, maybe the end of an alleyway where I can still see everything that's happening, but be a little more out of the way in case something does happen or in case I mutter something dangerous under my breath. You are sitting in this alleyway you're watching, and as you're you're seeing all these people there, they're really huddling in. There's a large crowd that is really packing in. You're wondering just how effective is this mic going to have to be so that you're going to be able to actually hear over just this sea of voices. And suddenly, stepping onto the stage is a massive, lumbering creature. You see their purplish-grayish limbs are lanky, and they have two different joints, whereas most creatures just have the one elbow. It seems to... its arms and everything, like, it's almost using them to crawl up a little bit. Its center body is like a bloated sack that it lifts off the ground and heaves itself onto the stage as it's like crawling forward towards this podium. You see on the body there is very tightly fit an old ringmaster's coat that is set on this creature. Its head is like a, a larger lump that's sort of like fused into this bloated form. And it is is eyeless. It has this large gaping maw, much like the gas that you saw before, but the skin is very different. You see it has this little hat on its head too, a little top hat with some little designs going around it. As it crawls up to this podium, you can tell Billowin, as you have met Bordon before, you see that its left arm is actually composed of the same metals that it seemed that Bordon's arm was composed of. So the same golden ore is all over it. I'm assuming Bellowin wouldn't have any knowledge about anything that's happened with Bordon's dad or anything? No. I don't think he he shared it. it. There is word that Nesme blew up, but you didn't really know if he was a Nesme or not, or if he even existed. You see him hold up this hammer, this hammer gleaming in the light. It is a beautiful, massive war hammer. It has these dwarven carvings all around it. Just the make of this thing causes you to like hold your breath and be stopped in awe as you realize it it's kind of the equivalent of like people being aware like the cross is associated with Christianity. You see this hammer is associated with Maradin, the dwarven god. You see he's holding up what 
you know in your heart can only be a holy artifact, a relic that the crowd just cheers for as he lifts it and waves it at everyone, his grotesque body shifting, lumps forming and going back in. This creature crawls over more to the podium, lurches itself and sits down as its head sort of snakes a little bit forward towards the mic. Greetings, everyone. I am here to tell you of some of the changes we have brought into our beautiful city of Waterdeep. You two are wandering down into the dock district. You can quickly pick up the scent of the seawater. It's hitting you quite strongly. You can hear the call of gulls sound off. There's some people that are shouting and screaming at each other as you can as you start making into that area of the harbor. See people are carrying boxes, some people are dropping things into the water and other people screaming at them. See people standing there with clipboards accepting uh, money from different sailors that are coming through. And you see there are a number of warehouses, just one after another, all ranging in different sizes and shapes. And you see carts are all going back and forth between these ships and the warehouses. In terms of, um, I assume we can make out Warehouse 23 from where we are? You, you wander around a little bit. A lot of these warehouses have large numbers on them just to make it easier for the drivers to find where they need to go. As Waterdeep is a very clear layout. You find Warehouse 23 after not too long. You see, it's it's a fair-sized, sturdy building. It's about 15 feet tall, made out of brick, no apparent windows. It has a large set of double doors that are open right now. As uh, you see, like, a cart is being brought in, and they're quickly closing the doors behind it. There's another smaller door off to the side of those double doors. And you see there are two men in red robes who are just kind of like leaning up against the wall near the door. And there is a large dog-like creature at their feet. Its skin seems to have a bit of a a sheen to it. It's neither slimy or anything like that. It's just, it seems like it's got like kind of like a, just a shine to it as if it's like like fresh skin kind of thing like that. And you see there's no fur all over this creature. Its face, all the the skin has been peeled back. It's just muscle and sinew. And it's chewing on this bone. And as it's chewing on it, you see these three large tentacles are wrapping around the bone and just breaking it apart. Are there any, like, windows towards the top of the building? No, there doesn't seem to be any windows here. Uh, Skellig turns to Bo and just says, What kind of skill set do you have? I look up at um, the buildings around and I, I can scale them. That could be useful. You were going to be okay parts-wise, and I look at and nod towards his little drug pouch. Yes, I had some before we left. That <laughs> is potentially not as reassuring as you might think, but I will try and go in through the front. You want to try a way in from the top? I shall see. If not, I incline over at the two guards and the weird dog thing. I can kill them. May draw more attention than we'd like, but it's definitely a solid plan B. 
So I will start shifting into Damien, I suppose. Very well. It takes no time at all for you to form into this this form, and it's weird having no eyes. That is not something that you're ever used to, and you don't know if you can get used to it. But this form, as like your whole body is actually shifting into it, it's not just an illusion. You can tell when you click down with your your feet, your hands, anything that's making noise. You almost have like a tremor sense that you're getting. I'll waste absolutely no time to use my key to perform a step of the wind and attempt to just um, leap up to the top of the of the warehouse. Make me an athletics or acrobatics check with advantage. Okie dokie. It's using your step of the wind. Uh, so I've rolled a 9 plus 7 is a 16. So you watch as Bo quickly slips into the shadows. He skids off to the side of this warehouse. And you can see him because you've been watching him as he's been going along. And you just watch as he just leaps into the air. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He just, like, keeps going up. Whereas, like, you expect a normal human. They leap up and they come back down. But gravity just decided to call it a day. (laughs) And you watch as he goes all the way up to the top of this roof and lands with grace. Fun trick. I'll start lumbering over to the front door, I guess. You head on over to this front door... They're, the two cultists are kind of just leaning back and look over at you. Oh, uh, <clears throat> Damien. Oh, wow. How is the subject? Uh, restless. Very restless today. I, I don't know what's going on with it. it I, I swear, I know we've been told that it's kind of been put into a bit of like a, a comatose state. I swear it's looking at us, though. I will be the judge of that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, do you, I, oh, of course you need it. Yeah, of course. And they just open up the door for you. You see they put a key in, unlock it, and open it up. Hand that to me. I'll give it to you when I come back out. Roll a persuasion jack. 20, not natural. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. This is good. What a useful skill set for this kind of mission. <laughs> sure, here's my house key as well. Honestly, all of my stats are charisma. <laughs> to be fair, I bear to my knife is building a detective. All of mine are like insight, wisdom, like stealth and stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, I guess um, we'll just knock to have people come in um, here. That would be wise. Oh, okay. Maybe something. Maybe something different's going. On. Okay, here. Yeah, yeah. Take the key. Whatever you need. It is a special day, my brothers. A special day indeed. Weren't you going to the press conference? Uh, yeah, but this felt more. I'm going to take a quick look up at the roofs to see what Bo is doing. Uh, pressing. More pressing. Bo's staring at the Clydes. <laughs> Whoa. I, well, you know, that's fine. I mean, I'm sure we'll be informed what's going on. It, it'll come down the chain of command, right? For now, I am that chain. I'll see you shortly. Oh, okay. Damien's... Really stepped it up a notch, huh? You know what? That's what you need in leader, though. It's like they're closing the door <laughs> behind you. <laughs> Bo, as you have landed on the top, you begin to hear Damien talking down below, and you see there are two large... They're, like, graded uh, openings that they have opened just, like, for ventilation. But it looks large enough. If you remove the grate, you could go down there if you needed to. Well, I guess I'll try and remove a grate to be able to um, have ease of access. Make me a strength check. 
And if you want to do it quietly, also make me a stealth. Let's do that. So, for reference, the stealth check is a natural... Oh, no, no, that's fine. No, it's just a really ugly looking seven. That's an 11. <laughs> I was going to say a natural one, but no, no, that's, that's just a bad seven. It's going to make a very different scene. <laughs> so I rolled 11 on stealth. That's still not amazing. Okay. Um, but the strength check is 14. So y- it takes you a minute or two. Like you're really heaving. You can kind of hear the metal groaning. And you're like, no, 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 no. As you're pulling it up. And you manage to pry it open. You can't like rip the whole thing off. But you pry it open so that you could, you could slip down there if you needed to, like onto the, the rafters overhanging the area. And this definitely gives you more of a, a clear view into what's going on. And we'll go back to our gnome detective. Billowin, you are watching. The people are just looking out at the ringmaster. Everyone is happy and excited. Not a single soul seems to be bothered by his grotesque form. He brings this hammer down with a thud. A thud resounds through the area. You feel it in the ground as it goes through. Just the power from this hammer is unnaturally strong. The ringmaster continues his speech. We have eradicated all of the churches in the city. We are officially free of the godly tyranny in Waterdeep. And then everyone erupts into an applause. They're all cheering. They're excited. It's horrific how many of these people have the necklace around their necks. And the ringmaster holds up a hand again to quiet the crowd. We have now also purged the noble houses. We will be looking to fill their spots with righteous workers to aid the city, not to line their pockets. This has been a difficult time for all of us, but the city is now a truly shining gem. And everyone is its going crazy. There, You do notice with your unnaturally high passive perception that there are a few scowling faces in the crowd. They just can't hide it. You see there's even a group of people that are not too far from you. They seem to have a similar idea. Go near an alley where nobody can really see them. You're kind of glancing over at them. You catch the odd glint of armor underneath their robes and cloaks. And you see, like, they're adjusting weapons and everything, and they're nodding to one another. I try to make eye contact with at least one of them. They, uh, do not seem to look at you at all. If anything, one of them just keeps fiddling with their their sword belt, and another person, like, comes in to help them, and... From where I'm standing, if I were to pick up, like, a small pebble and throw it at one of them, would anyone notice? Probably somebody would notice. Alright, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make as if I'm moving through the crowd to get a better vantage point, and I'm gonna try and get close to them on the way. You don't have much problem with that. You're very small. People aren't really paying attention to you. The crowd is very loud as you're going through. It's like a deafening roar of applause with each thing that this this creature is saying up at the podium. Things we're saying just all the right things that these people want to hear. And you make your way over. You're not too far, maybe like 
ten or so feet away from these people in this alleyway. I'm, I'm gonna get right up to them, and then I'm gonna, like, stump, like, as if I've tripped, and then, like, grab onto one of their arms, like, my weight's, like, pulling them down so their head's close to my head, and I'm just gonna whisper in their ears, like, don't, don't do it now. They'll tear you limb from limb. What the hell are we supposed to do? We're watching our city be torn limb from limb. Better the city for now than you. We're, I'm here to investigate, to find out what's happening. I have people in the city with me, but if you try to do anything to that thing, you won't get near the stage. These people here are in a fervor. They'll literally, and I mean literally, tear you limb from limb. We figured out the thing's weakness. We know what to do. If we strike now, this might be our only time to catch it in the open. I'm going to take a stab in the dark here and say that whoever has fed you this weakness has lied because the Church of the Shining God doesn't let that kind of information get out. I've come from Sanctuary. They've been there for a while. These people, these groups, they have ways of pulling you in. I can guarantee they know you're here and I can guarantee they're counting on you to attack them so that they can purge the city of its insidious infection. And they'll hold you up as an example to show them how powerful they are against you. They look really worried at each other, this group of three people. Oh, you're from Sanctuary? Is Sanctuary kind of in the same boat as we are? Out of curiosity, when I left Sanctuary, the church was still like a thing, but they hadn't like taken over yet, had they? Yeah, if anything, uh, ever since Dorham blew up that, that town, uh, they've kind of went a little bit more into hiding because the city took that as a huge threat. So then they started really cracking down on the cultists. In Sanctuary, we started to crack down before things got quite this bad, but then the church has been there for quite a while. We've been, people have been keeping an eye on them because they've been a bit weird, plus those weird fucking adventurers have been around. They keep throwing spanners into the works for them. I think, unfortunately, they had a bit more practice before they came to Waterdeep, and they knew a bit more about what they were doing. The Chosen, is that how you're talking about? Yeah, them idiots. They were here too. Uh, they had a, an outpost here. They were the first to get wiped out. They turned into just horrific monsters and they started attacking everyone. The church used that as, as like a way to show everyone that they were the actual monsters and evil. And they quickly killed them, they dispatched the creatures, and then they, they were hailed as heroes. Yeah, I'm sure I don't have to tell you boys, but I'm willing to bet the church was the one that turned them into the monsters. I've seen them do some pretty horrible stuff in Sanctuary. It's one of the reasons I'm here. Actually, I'm here on the advice of some of the Chosen to see what we can do about all this. It would have been nice if one of them told me that that thing looked like that. I thought I was looking for a bit of a pop-bellied man with a top hat, not 16 jointed limbs and a bulbous I mean, belly. the top hat. <laughs> and the jacket. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue that he is wearing the attire of a ringmaster. The problem is, it's what the attire is covering is not that of a ringmaster. Yeah. Look, we're getting off topic. Don't draw your goddamn weapons. Listen, I don't know if what you're saying is true. Then there's probably people who have their eyes on you because we've been talking for more than a minute. If that's the case. If you can get back to Sanctuary, let them know. The Ringmaster's weakness is the golden arm. It's that arm that's letting him hold the hammer. That hammer's making him invulnerable. I'll bear that in mind. And I like stand up as I, and I say, say very loudly, 
no, no, it's fine. I just tripped. My leg is fine. Don't worry about it. And then I'll just wander off. Bo, as you are kind of like shoving your head into this this opening, this hole, and looking down, and you see the rafters below. Are you going down to the rafters to like kind of watch, do the whole Batman thing? I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but then again, I'm not the stealthiest. <laughs> You're also very high up. You are. You are a little high. This is true. I do have the added advantage of um. Well, I mean, I, I guess I, I can hear sort of um, what's going on down there. Do, do I hear anyone else down there other than um, Damien? Yeah, you can definitely hear people. While you were, like, pulling this grate off, you kind of heard a few dogs were kind of, like, yapping at each other a little bit. These dog-like creatures, their, their barks are kind of, like, echoey and reverberating. And you can see just over in the corner as Damien is coming in to this warehouse pocketing this key... You see, there's probably at least another eight cultists in here. Stepping inside, Damien, you see there is an assortment of crates. They're all in neat, orderly stacks, and there seems to be at least four or five stacks on one side of the warehouse. But as you're going near the end, you start seeing like a, a almost a clearing that's set up. And Bo, you can see this as well from the top down. You see that there is a 10-foot-tall glass cylinder that is filled with this lime green liquid, and it it's giving off this soft glow. You see tubes and pipes are moving out of it towards large containers on the side, and you see this cylinder inside of it is an illithid, a strange-looking illithid. It looks different than what you're used to or what you've seen from books. You see large pustules cover its body, and faintly you can watch as things are squirming underneath its grayish-purplish skin. Its tentacles are floating, and they're actually a little more extended than the regular lithid tentacles, as they just kind of drift through this liquid. You see there's these cold, cold black eyes just open and staring out at people as a cultist might walk by with a checkboard and look at it and just kind of shiver and keep walking. You see around this structure, there's at least eight cultists that are working on different interfaces. There's little screens they're pressing on. There's buttons and valves they're twisting and pressing. You see there is another one of these gas who is in these red robes. They're uh, talking to a few of the cultists and directing them around this large contraption. And uh, you see that there are two dogs that are just fighting over a bone. They are the same dog-like creatures outside. And the other gas turns towards you as you're walking in, Skellig. Ah, Damien. I thought you were going to the press conference. I was. But I decided it was best for me to come and oversee the subject. How is it looking? Always the hard worker, Damien. Well, things are progressing. If we could have... One or two more days and we keep the subject alive. This lithid... Um, what are they calling them? You, what are they calling them? He bodily just turns this <laughs> cultist around. He's like, uh... They, they said it, the lithid has the rank of a mother. 
I don't know. These Lithid are strange. They they don't work with an elder brain. They ate the elder brain. Now they, they hold identity. But this, this one, we're trying to harvest its young from its body, but they're dying. Whenever we get them out, it's frustrating. But I feel like we're almost there. And his large hands are like gripping and he just like snaps the, the pencil he was holding in one hand and cracks the board in the other. He's like, oh, shit. Uh, here, take these. And he hands them to another person. When a child has been successfully delivered, what is your prognosis? Hmm. If we can replicate this, keep the mother alive, we can perhaps, perhaps find a way to use the children to convince this Alithid that they should work with us, work with the Shining God, see the light, not their, their Alithid God they pray to this, this Cthulhu. It is a weak God. The Shining Light, the Shining God, that is who they owe their allegiance to. Have I, Skellig, heard the name Cthulhu? No, not at all. In which case, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Damien just looks around and sort of looks up at the ceiling a little bit to see whether there's any sign of Bo at all. Bo, make me a stealth check and Skellig a perception. That's a classic Ed Spence roll. That will be a seven. Ah, so this is a sc- stealth of 18. So you look up, and you can see the grates. There is, like, one that's clearly more pulled back <laughs> than the other, but you do not see any trace of bow. Okay. From my side, you also hear Cthulhu Raleigh Wachnahal Fatar. Damn it, get those papers out of here. We're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to get a little closer to the mother in the center, and I'm going to... I'm gonna try and get a sense of like, is it is it suffering? Is it is? It, I mean, it's mm-hmm. comatose, but like, can I can I gauge anything from it? I'd say roll an insight. Twenty four. So you're looking over this illicit, and it's common knowledge enough about illicit. There's a lot of scary stories that adventurers will tell around a tavern, and you've been to a fair amount. That illicit are genderless creatures. There is no gender among them. There is no reproductive organs with the lithid. They don't have that kind of reproduction. Generally, it's people speak of, like, they they create them in tubes, or there's a giant brain that creates them. Like, there's a weird mad science. Like There's, there's all sorts of rumors around them. But the one thing that everyone can confirm is that a lithid themselves never give birth. Uh, how an lithid is created is that a tadpole that is considered the illithid young is placed in the ear of a creature or the nose or any orifice it'll go inside the creature consume their brain take place of the brain and then it will transmogrify the body into an illithid so seeing this creature this illithid have these pustules all over it and these you can see tadpoles swimming underneath them like it has some on its face it has some on its arms one on the top of its hand this creature is looking at you. It doesn't appear to be suffering at all. And it also doesn't appear to be asleep like you have been told a number of times. Those eyes are definitely following you. Mm. Okay. I'm just going to quickly just check in with Gloam and see what's going on. 
with the speech. You're looking through the eyes of Gloam, or lack thereof, and you are. Gloam seems to be peeking out uh, from behind Billowin's cloak. I was gonna say, just say poking out through my like buttons of my shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While Billowin is talking, you see it, it glances over. There are three individuals that Billowin is talking to, just basically telling them to don't do this. And you hear them speaking of the ringmaster, and Gloam looked over, sensing that you're looking through their eyes looks over at the ringmaster and you see its hideous form as it's giving it speech. It's just, it's basically talking about a lot of infrastructure that is changing around the city, benefits the citizens are going to be receiving, and how that we're going to update the schools. They have purged all of nobility and religious factions. Just to confirm, we are purely here to investigate. We're not here to necessarily upset anything. Is that right? I mean, you can. <laughs> I don't think anybody would be mad about it. I think the two of us both have personal stakes in potentially upsetting things. Yeah. So there's that loose cannon yes. vibe. <laughs> no, exactly. I think that's that's <clears throat> where I was leading with this. Um, Whether or not it's the mission. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think the only mission I was given from Death Shift uh, was to investigate what was happening in Waterdeep because something was going wrong. I don't think they necessarily told me to like kill the Ringmaster. No, they didn't know how bad it was. All they they had like bits and pieces of information, and so it was, it was either go to a play or investigate. But in my head, I'm not in like even in Billowin's head. He's now thinking, I wonder how how often the ringmaster is alone, and could I cut his arm off? <laughs> so you're looking up there, Bo, and you can overhear this conversation. You're hidden pretty well. And you you see, like, there are all these little valves and buttons and switches all over this machine. It seems very much like everything has to be kept perfect. You see two large canisters on either side. They're not red. And <laughs> they are leading these, these pipes and tubes back into this large glass cylinder. Well, given that um, I have managed to maintain a certain amount of stealthness, I'm going to creep in the rafters and try and get myself directly above the illithid not a problem at all yeah you you can kind of maneuver over there you see there's like there's like a glass casing that's over the top and it has a a few metal pieces that are sealing it down so i'm already sort of having a serious consideration of freeing the thing seems to me like it could probably take care of quite a few cultists yeah you're very aware of how powerful illithid are question of recklessness you know what's the, what's the ch- oh, then again i don't fear death not at all you're just gonna come back <laughs> and also you're pretty high <laughs> like, let me have a drink of my thinking juice <laughs> i think i'm gonna try and make just a downwards thrusting strike with a quarterstaff to try and smash the top section of the illithid pacing i love it let's just roll an attack let's see what happens I mean, you're going to hit it. <laughs> you are. Gravity is going to take care of that. It's whether how well you hit it. What, what you saw when you looked at the container was a cartoon octopus going, Help me, Bo, they've <laughs> caught me. I'm coming. <laughs> I rolled a natural one. <laughs> oh, my God. Plus seven. <laughs> you see this, Damien. Uh, suddenly, it's like the whole Batman, fear me, as like <laughs> just Bo jumps off from the raptors just over top of this elithid bringing the staff down, smashing through the top glass pane, and going right into the tank with the elithid. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just like, whoa! And you watch as these cracks all start forming down 
Bo, you are gonna take uh, a little bit of damage. Bo, you take 11 points of damage from the fall itself, and then this liquid seems to be very caustic, and you take another 9 points of damage from that. <laughs> well, I'm gonna get out of there. At this point, does Gloam start punching me <laughs> in the stomach? <laughs> Skelly goes Damien, just turns to the other ghast and goes, Oh, look, it burst another! Quick, get it out! <laughs> <laughs> what? No, that... He came from the sea. No, no, it definitely, <laughs> definitely came out of the the, the, the mother. And uh, you see the illithid, it turns its head towards you, Bo. And you can hear in your head, break the glass. Well, I mean, doesn't sound like a bad idea to me when I'm like, you know, burning. <laughs> you are <laughs> drowning, burning. Like, it's like in your mouth, you're like, <laughs> but you can't spit it out because it's just, it's all around you. Uh, and you see Damien, uh, all the little levers and everything are, like, starting to, like, the pressure is off. So, like, everything is starting to go a little crazy. I'm going to attempt the uh, the same kind of uh, quarterstaff strike against the um, the walls, I guess. Actually, it might be close quarters. Maybe this is more of, like, a flurry of blows type. Uh, probably is. There's an elephant in here with me. I probably can't really swing the stuff. Yeah, you could do flurry of blows. That would be all right. Your hands are pretty conditioned. Your knees, your elbows... I mean, I think technically it has the exact same statistics as the post staff anyway. <laughs> yeah. But when the middle is like, I'm in a glass cage of emotion. <laughs> this time, we've got a six plus a seven. So we're talking, what does that add up to? A 13. I mean, you hit it. That's like, because there is a bit of like resistance from like punching underwater is never an easy feat for anyone. So uh, thankfully you've had really weird training <laughs> from a lot of the monks. Like, just... Put him underwater and punch the wall. <laughs> Again, it was another another one of their practical jokes he played on. It's the next step after you know the one inch punch. You got to do the underwater punch. <laughs> you watch Damien as he's just wailing on this glass. And the first strike you watch is it just spider webs. The second strike it spiders another area and liquid starts pouring out. Calls us for freaking out. The other guest is roaring in rage as his precious research is being destroyed. And then finally, coming forward with this knee, you smash this hole, which just causes this whole chain reaction of the glass to shatter outwards. You come rolling out, Bo. This elithid, it first was like kind of like falling forward, and then it lands with that superhero landing. You know, the one, the knee, the fist on the ground. And then it's slowly looking up as the tentacles are beginning to rise. You just hear the one thing that's always true, no matter who you are. The first word that comes to mind is shit, <laughs> as everyone <laughs> is now panicked with this lithid. And we'll hop on back to Billowin. I was going to say, at this point, is Gloom like punching me in the stomach? <laughs> oh, uh, does Gloom, can Gloom see through your eyes as well? Uh, no, so I can I can see through theirs, um, but I can communicate telepathically. So if I if I so wished, I could okay. go, Pope Bill, <laughs> Pope Bill. <laughs> Glone is just like jabbing you in the side, you know, like it grabs your nipple, twists it, like. <laughs> As I'm trying to stumble away from those three arm men, I'm like, <laughs> and I'll, I'll like grab the same guy, I grab him, I was like, pull him down, and he's like, meet me at the bashful clam, like, ow, meet me at the bashful clam later, I have to go, and I'll start running towards the dock ward. Okay. You see, they quickly go into the alley, and you are hauling ass to the dock ward 
running away as you hear more and more people are screaming and cheering and just there's so much rejoice. I like reach into my shirt, grab Bloom, and say, like, stop it, I know, I'm him. <laughs> and I put him back in. Shrugs. <laughs> <laughs> You're hauling ass to the dock ward. The two of you, you now have eight panic cultists and you have a large ghast near you. Let's just quickly hop into initiative. Oh boy. All right, so Skellig, what'd you get? I got a seven. Bo? 17. Dillowin? Also 17. Who has the higher dexterity? Uh, my dex is plus four. Mine is plus seven. <laughs> okay, so we'll have Bo go first for that. So you watch, this fight starts off, you have eight cultists around you, you have this large gas screaming, the lithid turns, twist their head, you watch as these tentacles, which are damn near about six feet long coming from their face, two of them reach out, one grabbing onto one cultist, one grabbing onto the other, and you just hear these snaps as their necks crack and their bodies fall to the ground, it rises itself up to its full height, and it's, it's probably around like six and a half feet tall. The lithid looks towards the two of you and says, I've been waiting. Thank you. And we go to Bo. So there are six cultists left, uh, panicking in this ghast, and you do see the two dogs are starting to snap to attention. Right, with the the cultists are panicking and the dogs are snapping to attention, I feel like I'm just going to go in at dogs. Punch a dog in the face. Yeah, so I can perform two attacks with an attack action. Nice. And then also an attack as a bonus action. So, I mean, I might just start by attacking a dog and then just keep attacking dogs. Yeah, I mean, that's, that seems like the, the right move. Uh, first attack is a 16. That's a hit. Eight points of damage. Okay, so you crack down on this dog with your staff and it, it yelps. <laughs> it's still up, though. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whack with the staff, with, a, you know, with the other end of the staff, the old boom, boom. Mm-hmm. 26. Oh, yeah. Five points of damage. This dog's weaving a little bit. Like, you went in, just... You smashed the staff down on its head, then brought it back up right underneath its chin. And it's kind of, like, uh, weaving around. It bit off one of its tentacles, and it's kind of just flapping all, all over the ground as these two other tentacles are reaching out. All right, and then, yeah, let's, let's do that bonus action kick. That's only a nine. Uh, that is a miss. You try to go in for this kick, and the dog, it just, like... It, it's almost like the drunken style, like it just weaves out of the way as your your leg comes swinging towards it. And uh, from there, Bill, you you are just you're running. <laughs> yeah, I I, I pulled Gloom out again, just tell him, uh, tell Skellig, make sure I can get in, and then just like throw him into the air. Yeah, and and Gloom is leading the way, so if anything, that's gonna speed up your your path since you weren't exactly sure where this warehouse was. And we go from Bill. So with the two Skellig. Okay, so how many are still standing at this point? Two dogs, six cultists, and the ghast. Okay. I'm going to cast Summon Greater Demon. I'm going to summon a Volgara right next to the ghast, if I can. Yes, you totally can. It rolls its own initiative, so do you want me to do that now? Yes. So that's a five. What does this creature look like? Yeah, it's kind of like big, covered in red fur and big sort of cow-like horns, and it's hunched over with this huge maw and these big meaty fists. It's not pretty. 
people all turn towards this. Like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> is that just a research station? As that happens, having heard Bill's frantic requests, I'm going to run towards the door. And if I can make it there, I'll pop my head open. Yeah, you cast this spell and it quickly, this creature just rips through this hole that's torn into from reality, stepping through the smell of sulfur coming with it as it closes behind it. This creature just slams its fist down to the ground as you turn and run towards the door, quickly fumbling with the key a little bit and opening it up. You see the other two cultists are looking over you like, what the hell's happening? The dog is like up and like snapping to attention. And you see just in the distance, there's a little gnome running towards you with a blue flying creature in front of him. The subject escaped. I need you to run down the docks. Ah, that is a deception. Mm-hmm. It's not a good roll. Uh, that will be 12. I got a natural 20. You're like, it's right <laughs> <No>. there. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, one of its one of its offspring ran down the docks. What? But they're tadpoles. It's in the water. <laughs> you take the dog and go look for tadpoles, I guess. I can't leave my post. I'm going to get a promotion soon. Well, then you, you've got to come in here and help us contain this. All, all right, all right. Okay. One of the cultists quickly peels towards like where the ships are with the dog barking behind him. It, once again, it's this weird reverberating bark. And it goes from you to your demon. As your demon is uh, surrounded, there are six cultists that are freaking out, looking around, the gas that is getting ready to charge the illithid. And the, the two dogs, one quite wounded, and the other one looking fine. Okay, I think Beastie's going to go for the Ghast. Three attacks. Nine? Uh, nine is a miss. An 18. 18's a hit. 14. A 14's a hit. Okay, one for our roll damage on those ones. Um, so that will be 20 points of bludgeoning damage. This creature just starts pounding down on the gas. The gas tries to hold its arms up to defend itself, and this thing is just slamming into him, throwing him around. This creature is shaking its head. It goes to the enemy's turn as the six cultists, a few of them just try to run away from the illithid because they're just kind of like lackeys, and this wasn't in the job. Uh, just point of order, um, I just uh, needed to roll a charisma saving throw for the demon to see if it remains under my control. Uh, it is still <laughs> under my control, so <laughs> just... <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> One of them tries to run away from the, the illithid. The illithid looks, it shoots this tentacle in like at an unnatural speed. It goes like through their nose and you watch as their eyes roll back in their head, their body twitches and they fall to the ground. As it brings its tentacle back out, uh, two others just start running towards the door where you are, Damien. The other three decide, like, they can do this. They, you know what? They have God on their side. And they're just going to charge right at this demon. Only one of them actually manages to hit. They they only have, like, daggers on them. They quickly pull out these knives. And one of them actually manages to sink his dagger into the creature, dealing five points of damage. Okay. The ghast itself is looking at this creature frustrated. It starts whispering and muttering words, and then it points its hand towards the ghast. Have the demon make a dexterity saving throw. That's an eight. This demon takes 23 points of electricity damage. 
as he quickly points a finger towards it, mutters a few words, and this lightning crackles through, electrocuting the cultist behind it as well, as he sizzles and falls down to the ground. Shit, I, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were there. And uh, then it goes to the void dogs. They hungrily look at Bo, jumping forward. One is incredibly disoriented as it is on death's doorstep and it's snapping at you but missing. You manage to just kind of like bat its head off to the side. The other one jumps forward and it manages to land a pretty solid bite on you. As you take another eight points of damage, this jaw just clenches down and you feel these tentacles trying to grab onto you, but not quite. We go back to the Illithid. So seeing as there is two cultists heading towards Damien and one with Damien, and then there are three attacking the demon and then the two dogs, the Illithid, going towards its savior, goes up to this other dog. You see it touches the dog on the forehead and you watch as this sigil just appears on its forehead. And it sits up and looks at the Illithid. And the Illithid, you can hear this voice echoing through each of your heads. Bite him. And he points at the ghast and the dog just starts running towards the ghast. Then the Illithid just turns towards you, Bo, and says, Thank you. I will see to it that these... Cultists remember not to interfere with my kind. It is good. In your own way, you serve the wheel. Uh, they stare at you a little puzzled. The wheel. And then it, it just nods and says, Very well. And it goes to Bo's turn. The elephant only controlled one of the dogs, is that right? Right. The, the injured one is still in front of you. Well, I think I better try and um, try and take this thing down. Let's just let's go for a go for a quarter staff attack. We say twenty one. That's a hit. Seven points of damage. So you bring this staff down, and it just cracks open this dog's head and just topples to the ground. This yellow ichor is leaking out instead of blood. You still see there's a number of other cultists. I don't know. Do you still have other attacks? Your attacks can be split up. So I've got a, an, another normal attack, and then I can do a bonus action unarmed attack as well. Oh, nice. Or, or a bonus action flurry of blows for that matter. So I could do another three attacks by spending key. I love monks so much. They're really good. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Um, I, I think I need to run at Ghast and uh, try and give him a good old just prodding strike, you know, running straight in with the uh, both quarter staff. Nice. That's a 24 to hit. Yeah, that'll do it. In that case, <laughs> I bet you with six points of damage. You just slam into this creature's side, and it, it takes a stumbling step and looks over at you, its face just snarling towards you. Well, in that case, the only sensible thing to do is to spend a key point and just bang out two more unarmed strikes at him as well. That makes sense. The first is a 21. Is it? And the second, a 24. Yeah, definitely. So we've got six, seven points of damage. So you go in, you bring your knee into this creature's stomach, it doubles over, and then you take your elbow and you crack it down on the back of its neck. You hear this satisfying pop as this creature just falls down to the ground, its body unmoving. Occultus now look incredibly worried. The two of them that are left around this demon 
And uh, the other ones uh, that are near Damien, Damien, you can just hear them go, shit, 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 as they're trying to get the hell out of here. We go to Bill. So, Bill, you see that warehouse. You watched as the door was opened. You saw uh, a ghast poke its head out. And you watched someone peel off towards the docks. And then the other cultists went in, the door's still open. I run up to the door, get to the relic panting. <laughs> All right, I'm here. What the fuck is going on? You see, there's one cultist behind Damien, and there are two, like, running towards him. And you just see the carnage in the background. <laughs> I look to Bo. Which ones are we killing? Ah, Bill. The ones in red. Good point. <laughs> I start stabbing cultists. Right, there's one right near you. Is anyone else near me? Yeah, I would say there's about three cultists within range. No, no, sorry. I mean, is any of my allies near me? Damien would be, yeah. <laughs> not me, not me! He's in red. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, so I get to use sneak attacks on the first cultist. That is going to be a 15 to hit. That's it. So seven damage, and if he's still alive, that guy is now wounded by me. Yeah, he's still up. Okay. You know, I'm about to say wounded, that's from my sword of wounding. He literally has a wound. At the start of his next turn, he takes 1d4 necrotic damage. Oh, there's a wound! <laughs> a wound! He also can't heal through spells, he can only heal through a short or long rest. Mm. I, get I get one attack, that's it. <laughs> So we go from Billowin uh, down the ranks to Skellig. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't get to roll my sneak attack damage. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and roll that. Out. Because you may kill him. <laughs> Do not forget these class interactions. Unless <laughs> <laughs> you think about. monks are overpowered or something. <laughs> Which they are. Ooh, that's, he's probably dead. That's uh, 6 and 6 is 12, 15... I'm 17, uh, 21 damage from the sneak attack. Do you stab him with this sword and he's like, oh, there's a wound there. And then he's like, there's also just a stab. All right. And then he just falls down into the ground and just blood starts pooling out. It's not so much a wound as a hole. <laughs> I'm, I'm dying now. <laughs> he watches this. Uh, it's a normal red blood, which is just a relief to deal with these days, honestly. Oh, thank goodness. These are just humans. Oh, God, I'm killing humans. <laughs> There's a few humans involved. And Skellig, you have these two that are running up towards you. They look like they want to just get the hell out. And they're like, what the fuck is the gnome doing? Okay, I'm going to... Get him, Damien! Can they both make wisdom saving throws for me, please? Uh, a natural one and an 18. Okay, so one of them fails. And I'm going to charm them. And I'm going to say, Get your brother out of here. I will deal with the subject. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're doing. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Quickly. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. Um, and I'm going to run up next to Bill and flank whoever he's attacking. Um, I won't be able to do anything else on my turn. The one that Bill was attacking is now on the ground dead. Uh, so you're, you're good there. Oh, brilliant. Okay. <laughs> um, in that case, I'll go and run over. There is still um, two cultists. There's just really two cultists left that are back over near the the body pile. Okay. I mean, I'll, do, I'll stay where I am. Bo and Bill seem to have it in good order, so. We go from Skellig to your demon. 
Your demon has two cultists stabbing him with daggers. Okay, so he's going to try and bite one of them. Uh, <laughs> that's a 25. Yeah. And that's a 13 points of piercing damage. He's barely up, but... He'll attack that same one with a 17. That's it. Nine points of bludgeoning damage. The demon bites into this cultist. He screams out. He pushes the demon's mouth open and falls away a little bit. And the demon just punches him and he goes flying into a number of crates. And he's not getting back up. Okay, in which case the Bulgar is going to probably not hit on a nine with the other cultist? No. Okay. The cultist kind of just dips out of the way and went, worst idea I've ever had. <laughs> I have a knife. I think an illithid and a demon now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just another day on the job. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the demon uh, fails his charisma saving throw, so still under my control. This guy is just going to run. So the demon gets an attack of opportunity on him. That'll be a 14. That's a hit. Okay. Let's make it a bite. That'll be an 11. The demon bites down onto him. He once again, like this one managed to just pry open the demon's mouth and he's stumbling. There's just a profuse amount of blood that is going onto the ground as he's trying to get out of there. There's adrenaline pumping. He is running past Damien, so Damien as well gets an attack for opportunity on uh, this cultist. Okay. I'll be a 15 a hit. That's a hit. Okay. So with my tiny little dagger, I'm going to do three points of piercing damage. Seeing stab in his eyes, like, oh, I can still make it. And he's like just hauling <laughs> through here. And Bill, this guy, and uh, two others, two others that look perfectly great, uh, and this one guy who looks like the breeze will kill him, are running towards you. I'm gonna stab the guy who's already been stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> the mercy That's... killing at this point. <laughs> Seventeen to hit. You can't not kill him. <laughs> he's dead. We'll see. <laughs> Negative one, he heals. 14 damage. <laughs> he's just like, I can still make it. And you just like kind of hold out your sword and he just walks into it. He's like, fuck. <laughs> and then just <laughs> falls over. The other two, I, I think you only have one for your character, right? You don't have any specials? I only get one, but when I, when I stab him, I'm going to turn to two of them and say, I suggest you stay where you are, boys. In fact, can I reach over and close the door behind me as, like, a free interaction? Yes, but they are going to try to... Well, they'll just open it. Like, if you close it, they're they're still going to try to get the hell out. I was like, I'm, th- I'm going to close the door and then threaten them to stay where they are. The one, he looks at you with a, a bit of a glossed-over set of eyes. He's like, nope, I'm getting the hell out of here. All right, I'll just stab you next turn. And so he goes and like he rips open the door and his uh, his buddy just runs out. He's still there like because he opened up the door, and then it goes to and there go to the illithid. The illithid puts their hand on the dog and begins just basically walking, uh, walking out the front door with them like towards where you and uh, Damien slash Skellig and Bill are, and they're 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 walking very calmly. They're, they look like they're very intent on leaving. And we go to Bo. So Bo, there is really only the, the cultist near the door that Bill's at that's left. 
mean, I, I'm yeah, I'm feeling bloodthirsty. These 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 things have brought their um, their god killer to this plane, and it's it's not um it's not acceptable behaviour. So I'm I'm going to charge in with the quarter staff. All right, roll the hit. It's a it's a twelve. There's a miss. Well then, I, I mean, really, I'm just going to do like probably a spin, you know, to wheel round the other end of the quarterstaff as a, a quick blow to the head, hopefully, which is a 24. That's a hit. That will be eight points of damage. You crack this cultist in the head. He's just sort of dazed. It goes to Bill. Uh, are you going to fulfill your promise? Yes, I'm going to stab him. <laughs> Nine plus seven, 16. That's a hit. That is a total of 9 damage, and then a further uh, 16 damage from my sneak attack. You stab right into this cultist. He's like, I guess I was getting away. <laughs> and he just collapses down onto the ground, bleeding out. The, the combat is done uh, for this. The Lithid, it looks at all of you. And it looks down at all the dead cultists, the, the demon rampaging. Sorry, just for the record, having seen this cultist and not knowing what's going on, I then turn with my sword to the or the cultist, the elephant, and go, Are we fighting this one too, or what? This one, you hear this voice echoing in your head, is the changeling. Well, that is just unsettling. The changeling you brought with you. I'm going to point at demon, like, I'm assuming this one, yes? Yes. I will drop my form and turn back into good old Skellig. You have saved me. I must return to my kind. We must proceed with our preparations. We will fight back against this cult, I can assure you that. As a reward for getting me out of here, I can get you safe passage out of this city. They will be here soon. That'd be mighty helpful. Can I just ask, though, that while you're fighting the Church of the Shining God, you try not to kill anyone else? I am a member of the law enforcement, after all. They stare at you. They just stare at a lithid, blank, empty, dead fish eye look. Please, just, just even if you're lying, just say yes. Yes. Okay, then let's get the fuck out of here. The wheel makes another turn. Look, I told you I'd read the pamphlets. <laughs> you all quickly rush out of here. The Lithid leads you to what looks like just a bunch of cobblestone slowly shifting, moving through this uh, psionic force of the Lithid, leading you down into this underground passage. As I step into the passage, I go, Ah, shit, I told those guys at the, th- at the speech to meet me at the inn later. Ah, oh, well... Lom just like kind of shrugs at you while they're <laughs> flying along, and you're you're going through this patches. It probably takes about an hour because it's a lot of weaving and turning, going through strange areas. Every so often, you can even hear creatures skittering down beneath here. The sounds of the reverberated barks of these dogs as they seem to be hunting for you. You make it and uh, to the end of this tunnel as the bricks and everything begin moving once more, opening the earth, some dirt falls down towards all of you and there's steps leading upwards. This is the outside of the walls. The dogs will be coming, but I'll take care of that. Thank you for freeing me. We will do what we can. I looked at the two of you as like, 
Well, I guess we're heading back on foot now. Looks like it. That will be pleasant. Speak for yourself. My legs are much shorter. It takes a long while for all of you to get back to Sanctuary. Eventually, you find a group of merchants who, after a bit of convincing, are willing to let go of a few horses, and you're able to very much expedite your journey. You travel once more through the areas you find as you go through the old towns that you had visited prior to this that were not around Waterdeep. Their areas, too, of course, are being uh, boarded back up. They have, like, they're fixing roofs, a lot of broken towers, trees snapped in half from the shockwave. You all make it back to Sanctuary. Bo, as you return to the Order, you find that a number of the members of the Eternal Wheel have actually gone missing. With this act, it apparently has been made aware that a member of the Eternal Wheel went to Waterdeep, basically openly declaring war. The wheel is consistently turning, and they tell you, this was meant to be. The wheel will always move. We will stop there, God. And we have Skellig, you make it back to the city of Sanctuary. Waterdeep is now just too dangerous for you to go back to, as they seem to be hunting for a changeling. You stop by at just a, a random inn, and as you're, you're sitting there, a patron sits down across from you. Their form is coated and wreathed in a shadow. Everyone else just seems to ignore them, almost like there's a a bit of like a, a perception filter around them. No one just seems to see them or hear them. And they look up at you. You see this smile form in all this shadow. And they look and nod and say, We have cast just even a bit of shadow in their bright white light. Good job, Skellig. And you see they slide this dagger towards you. And it's this beautiful dagger that's like crafted with like all these gems that are laid into it this uh, golden platinum pommel on the end as that you get once more another boon from the shadow man Bill you make it back you are tired to say the least before you even stop back at the police headquarters you go home to check on your family make sure that everything's okay and as you reach your home you see the door is partially opened the entire place has been ransacked and there's a note that's stuck onto the outside of the door and it says if you wish to see your wife again please don't be late for work tomorrow well I think I'm going to have to kill my boss. Woo! What a story, travelers. Yet you know, I should expect mind flares, but I never do. I never expect the mind flares. I'm always like, where are they coming from? 
where are all these mind... Because no one ever hears about a mind flare, and you feel like you'd see one, or at least a few people would be showing up every week, missing a couple brains, you know? Little bit of a hole in the skull. What's going on? But you never hear about it. But boy, oh boy, are there enough mind flares to fill every damn story we tell. Well... I hope you all enjoyed our, our tale for today. Make sure you stick around to the end as you'll hear a promo for WrestleMagia, a fantasy wrestling story that is put on by the Are We Dead Yet podcast that is DM by our very own Ian who plays Weary in our Rise of Nyarlathotep show. And if you're looking for more ballad content, make sure you go check out our Patreon, where we have all sorts of audio goodies, we have one-shots with low-backs robbing a bank riding a skateboard. We have Nostradamus Space Horror. Right now we're doing a five-part audio drama series that's exclusive to the Patreon. We even have a one-shot that's all about Ronnie's home city of Silindia. That's actually a superhero story. So definitely check that out. All sorts of really good audio on there. And if you want some lovely ballad clothing if you're like i want to show everyone that i listen to Ballad of the seven dice and wear very comfortable and nice clothing head on over to uh, balladofthesevendice.com and click on shop and you'll be taken to a wonder of assortments of designs that you can place on whatever style of clothing you feel like all right travelers i am quite exhausted so I am gonna go lie down. That wine hit me. Goodness gracious me. It was a very fun tale, and next time we're gonna be jumping into a lovely special with the Ronnie O'Connell himself. Until next time, travelers, I bid you all adieu. Welcome to Are We Dead Yet? Podcast. My name is Ian, pronouns he, they, and I'm your dungeon master. This is Road to WrestleMagia, a wrestling-themed D&D 5e campaign. It features five level 8 characters that make up an independent fighting roster. Waffles, the bard dog. Takeru Nekamamushi, the level 8 monk. Cynthia Von Falk, I am a life domain relic. Blaine the Boulder Stevenson, the unarmed Goliath fighter. Dirk the drunkard. Their end goal is for their group to make it to the final battle royale, where their full team will duke it out against another and be judged by not only the crowd, but their own fighting prowess to see who has what it takes to be champion. The Road to WrestleMania begins June 15th, 2021. Find Are We Dead Yet on your favorite podcatcher app or at oneuppodcast.com. You paid for the whole seat, but you're only going to need the edge.